Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders, where we talk about today's hottest topics on policy, faith, the culture. We always do that from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Now, I say that on every program, every day. The reason we do that is because that biblical perspective will give you the right answer on any question. God's instruction manual is phenomenal. It's not only right, God's Word is not only right, it works best. You're going to get the best results when you follow what he tells us in the Bible on how to treat our spouses, on how to treat our employees or our employer, or or how to conduct business, or how to uh, be a government official, or how to be a good citizen, or any of these things. The Bible has all the best answers. The reason we do a historical perspective is because it's important to know where we came from. It's important to look back and see what's worked, what didn't work, what did work, what were the results. Let's look at the good, the bad, and the ugly and learn from it. That's the historical perspective. And then the constitutional perspective. What are the rules of our society? If you're going to be a good citizen, if you're going to be a biblical citizen in today's culture, you have to know what the rules are. you got to know how that particular society or community, or in our case, our nation, how does it work, what are the rules, and how do we best fulfill our role as a free citizen and live out that biblical citizenship. So biblical, historical, constitutional perspective, that's why you hear me say that at the beginning of every program. You can find out more about our program at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. There are three of us typically hosting this program, David Barton, America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders, Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders, and my name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator. More information about all three of us at wallbuilderslive.com, and then also at the website, you can get the archives of the previous few weeks of programs, and you can even make that donation. Yes, that contribute button is very important. They're on the Wobblers Live website because that's how we do this. We're a listener-supported program, so when you make those donations, those contributions, we're a 501c3, therefore we are nonprofit. That means you can do that as a tax-deductible donation, and then we are able to spread the good news. We're able to educate people on the Constitution, on the founding of America, and on the principles that work every time they're tried. Become a part of it right there at our website, wobblerslive.com. All right, David and Tim, our good friend Bob McCune will be with us later in the program. We're going to be talking about some of the crazy stuff in uh, in California. I know that that sounds repetitive and all that crazy in California, but uh, but you know it's just one of those one of those times where we look at the culture and we go, how are we getting these bad results? It's not complicated. You put bad stuff in, you get bad stuff out. You know, California is one of those places, but we're seeing it everywhere. I mean, even if you take a red state like Texas, we're still seeing stupid stuff like in big cities like Houston. And you can have a, a really sound state that's got it sacked together. But there's a lot of these crazy school districts. And, you know, woke is not limited to just certain states. It's limited to a philosophy. And the more I've looked at this, the more has come through to me something that that came from Dennis Prager. And, you know, Dennis Prager did the, the Rational Bible and the Bible study through Exodus, et cetera. And it was something I was really questioning and asking about at the time. And it's like, Man, where did, where's all the common sense gone? Because we don't have common sense anymore. We used to think about consequences, cause and results, ideas have consequences. But now we're just throwing out things. We need socialism. What's the consequence of that? We've got 5,800 years of history. What's it been? Nobody's looking at consequences. And so where's all the common sense gone? And I thought it was really significant. And I was playing around with this, but in Proverbs... It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And when Dennis Prager broke that down, he said, look, that's common sense. When you have wisdom and when you have knowledge, 
That's the ability to take knowledge and apply it and make it work. That, that's what common sense is. And I thought, you know, that's that that that's a great way of saying it, because if you'll look and and if you see something really stupid, the question to ask yourself is, hey, the person doing that, do, do they have any fear of God? Is there any fear of God there? And, and you know, quite frankly, there's a lot of professing people. Who have no fear of God. And, and, you know, forgive me if this sounds judgmental because that's not what it's designed to do. I judge a tree by its fruits. That's what Jesus said we should do. But if I look at both Pelosi and Biden, they will openly tell you that they are religious, that they are Catholics, that they are Christians. They're very bold about that. But they've made Christianity and the Bible look like what they believe. They don't have a fear of God where it changes them to be more godlike or more Christ-like to, to conform to his image. They've made him into their image. And, and, you know, as as the scripture says, hey, you believe in God, big deal. Even the demons believe in God. So that's not big. So the question becomes, do you have a fear of God? If you believe in God, if you fear God, if you believe that you're going to personally stand before him and that you're going to answer for what you said and what you've thought and what you've done, your thinking and your behavior is really, really different. And, and so I think... The, the way I'm seeing it is the more secular an area is, the more secular a city is, the the, the less it fears God, the crazier it is. And, and that's what we're seeing on campuses. The more woke they are, the less fear of God they have, they're more secular. So generally, the more secular it becomes, the crazier it becomes, and the less you fear God, the more stupid it becomes. And, and we saw an article not long ago about something going in California, not that there's not a lot going there, but this was in San Francisco. And in San Francisco, the city council has come up with this new plan that if you're transgender and you live in in San Francisco, the city is now going to pay you $1,200 a month because you're transgender. Now, on what planet does that make any sense at all? You know, I can can I just questions. can I just identify as transgender for the day, get the check, and then <laughs> exactly. change my mind tomorrow? Like, what? How does that work? Exactly? And, and see, th- th- that's the questions you should be asking. Well, how do we know if you're really transgender? What if everybody in the city says they're transgender just to get twelve hundred dollars? You know, th- they haven't thought through this policy. And what do you do when you run out of money? And where are you going to get the money when you run out of it? And how can you verify who is transgender and who isn't? It's just it's it is so stupid on so many levels. It defies common sense, but then we are talking San Francisco. And and so one guy who is really grounded in common sense is Bob McEwen, Congressman Bob McEwen, former congressman. This this is where he just really kind of cuts the chase on stuff. Uh, And we thought it'd really be good to get somebody like Bob McEwen on to kind of look at what San Francisco's doing. Congressman Bob McEwen, our special guest. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back on Wobblers. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. As the American War for Independence began, the president of Yale was the Reverend Naftali Daggett. When New Haven, the home of Yale, came under attack, about 100 citizens rushed out to meet the British. The Reverend Daggett galloped by them on horseback, his clerical robes flowing behind him in the wind, and he took up a solitary position atop a hill. The 2,500 British soon put the townsfolk to flight, but the Reverend Daggett continued to stand alone, firing down on the advancing troops. A British officer confronted him. What are you doing there, you old fool? If I let you go, will you ever fire again on the troops of his majesty? Nothing more likely was the preacher's reply. America's early pastors personally confronted danger and courageously led their communities. 
more information on Pastor Daggett and other Colonial Patriots, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here on Wall Builders. Always great to have Bob McEwen with us, former congressman from Ohio and great friend to Wall Builders. Congressman, thanks so much for your time today, brother. Rick, you know, the honor is mine. Thank you so much for a call. Well, appreciate uh, just all that you do and, and your ability to teach on some of these crazy subjects uh, that and, and bring it down to terms people can understand. And, and right now, I, I'm trying to understand San Francisco literally paying $1,200 a month in taxpayer-funded cash for transgender citizens. So I guess it's discrimination. Is it? I don't know what this is. I don't even know how, how to process this information, but it's it's just one other example of the culture falling apart because we stopped putting in good principles. And David said, man, let's get Bob on and see what he thinks. That's true. That, that's where you have to start. You have to start in the garden. And, and there is a choice, and the choice is either I'm God. That's all. The babble, the, all of it's whether or not I'm going to... Put, Put the cross, the blood on the doorpost or the lintel when the, when the death angel passes over. Just on and on and on, right up to the very today, is I'm God. I'll do it my way. I'll determine what is right is wrong and wrong. I'll determine what is life. I am God, or He is God. Now that's the only the only question. And the Scripture says repeatedly that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't listen to God, if you don't follow the Lord, then you have to listen to each other. And these people are crazy. Man, left to his own devices, can't figure out anything. And so that's why America was founded on godly principles. Every college has has a, a chapel. Uh, the day began with a chapel service because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So before we go to class, we immediately have to remind ourselves as to who God is. Now, that's why when the effort was made to, to close the chapels at Yale and at Harvard and Princeton and all these places, people said, well, we really doesn't mind as long as they go to church, what do I care? They don't understand what happens when you take God off of the wall. Mm. When you take off the wall, thou shalt not kill then you're going to have to put magnetometers up and have policemen out in front of all the school schools, which they never had, of course, when you and I were growing up. When when you have thou shalt not steal, when you take that off of the wall, now you're going to have to have uh, locks on all the lockers. You're going to have to have have uh, bicycle locks on all the bicycles. You're going to have to all of these things that the, the culture begins to disintegrate, even to the point, even to the point of not being able to tell if it's a boy or a girl. Hmm. Because where does that come from, Rick? It all comes from, from Genesis, in the beginning, God. And that's that's the fight. So if you don't want God, then it's me. And what did he do? He created male and female, created he them. He didn't create 30, 40, 50, 100. He created now. So if you do away with God, then who is to say how many genders there are? You could get every left-wing liberal leftist running for office saying there's 12, 15. Why? Because they don't recognize God as the standard. Yeah. That's why our founders put in God we trust. And, and, and the symbol, the motto in the state of Ohio is, with God, all things are possible. We understand there's a starting point. Once you float away from that, then, there, there's, then there's utter chaos. So, for example, even the churches, they want to put the LGBT flags. Now, let's just walk through that. Now, what does LG? What does B stand for? When you put the when you put that flag up there, it says bisexual. Bi, how do you? You cannot be bisexual, and 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 be celibate, or to to, to be as, as the Bible says, "I shall, shall not uh, 
commit adultery. You had that on the wall. Now, when the church replaces thou shalt not commit adultery mm. with an LGBT flag, then it, it supplants God with man's idea, and man's idea always ends up in death. Physical death, spiritual death, emotional death, marital death, financial death, and as we say, physical death as well. Yeah. So that's this idea, so now when we elect people to office, as you remember in the Old Testament, it said the first thing that wanted those that fear God, that was number one, fear God. Because once you do away with God, then, then you, these people would be crazy. Yeah. And they would do crazy things, such as the idea of taking money. If you, know, if you tax something, you get less of that thing. If you tax savings, investment, productivity, growth. If you subsidize something, if you pay people to do it, they'll do more of it. And so here are these folks in in San Francisco. We are going to pay people, not people that are working, not people that are providing for their family, not people that are coming home every night for their family and, and support marriage and, and mothers and fathers. We're going to support those people who say that they're Napoleon. Now, it used to be when a man said he was Napoleon, we, we put him in the same asylum and we, we felt sorry for him. But now when people say, I am this or I am that, I am a woman today, or I'm a fat woman, or I'm a short woman, or I'm a tall man, or I'm a short... And when, when these people are mentally... They shouldn't be rewarded. Yeah. And yet, in San Francisco, they want to give them money if they claim that they're, they don't know what they are. It's hard to imagine that we're here. Everything that you've said makes so much... Everything in terms of good results or bad results came from decisions that we... This is not by accident. We had the choice... To make these decisions, you pointed out for our nation from the beginning, it was decisions to infuse the Word of God, infuse these these principles, have them on the wall, teach them, and then we get good outcomes. We changed that garbage in. Now we're getting garbage out. But when we say they did this or you do or say this, who is that now today? Like who is making that decision to allow us to go to this place, and what can we do to influence that decision? Rick, that's an excellent question because the answer is the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party, one, first of all, as I said, you had to do away with God. Once they did away with God, then they go to God who gave us life and gave us liberty. So now they go after life. So you cannot, you and I remember when there were Democrats that, that supported life. Yeah. When I first came to Congress, at least a third of the pro-life votes came from, from Democrat Catholics in the Northeast. Now there isn't a single rep- Democrat in the Congress that's permitted to vote pro-life. Uh, they have one on the border there, and Texas is the only one that comes and goes. But other than that, they're, they're, no one can survive in that party unless they have a man's definition of marriage, that you can marry anyone and anything, as much, in or out, up, or down, as many as you want, or not God's definition of marriage, or taking innocent life. Those are the two things that are required. So in answer to your question, who are these people in San Francisco in Sacramento, in, in Austin, they're doing these things. They are members of the Democrat Party that is committed to undoing the bedrock foundations of this, the greatest nation on earth. There's so many people in the church today that say, well, don't now, Bob, you're getting you're getting political. We just we, we, we can't be political. And, and now they are, you know, as you said, replacing God's word with with these things that the Democrat Party is is pushing. What do you say to pastors and the church and the and the flock out there about how party matters and politics matters and it impacts their church and impacts their life and they got to stop pretending that that God's word doesn't apply to those things. 
And, and that, that's the whole thing. Either it does or it doesn't. It, either this is all a big show. It's a country club, and it's nice where we get together and we feel good, or it actually is the bedrock foundations of a marriage and of, of a family. And there's lots of preachers that are in it because they think they're, they're the country club uh, president this year. And and they don't want to they don't want to take the stand. There's a book that's just been written by Eric Metaxas, in which he compares those preachers in the 1930s, and they put the Nazi flag up on the wall because they said, "I want you to understand, we're not into politics. We don't care. We'll put your flag up. We'll put somebody else's flag up because we we don't want to get involved in that." Well, that was a supplanting of God's standard in the Lutheran Church. And from that, we, we saw the disintegration that took place. Now, exactly the same steps are being taken in America. And that is, we don't want to get involved in political. Therefore, we won't say that as a man, and we won't be as, as definitive as God was in his scriptures. We want to put that aside. We're going to go with the modern day situation. where if a, and, and I just passed the church not more than two hours ago, where it had all the all the rainbow colors, because that what it was saying was, we don't care what the Bible says. Our Whatever you feel is good, that's what we're going to use as our standard. And that's, quite frankly, Rick, <laughs> that's only been the fight since the Garden of Eden. Amen. It's, it's the same as always, and it always will be. Yeah. That's why I appreciate people like you that stand up for righteousness. All right, last question, brother. It's a process question. You know, the, the of course, Republicans took the House, and, and maybe in 2024 they take the Senate in and the White House back last time they had all three and, and investigated some of this damage done by Democrats and, and frankly, corruption and crime uh, that's been done. Um, you know, there was just stonewalling and, and not much cooperation and, and nothing seemed to happen. Uh, do you think that will be different this time? Are they more motivated, even with the House hearings that are that are now uh, beginning as a former member of the House? Can they do an actual draining of the swamp? Can they prosecute some of these horrific things that have happened? But there's a thing called leadership. Leadership is ethereal. You can't buy a pound of it. And uh, different people at different times uh, exert themselves. And quite frankly, starting in this session, there were a handful of folks that said, we're not going to do like like happened in the last few months of last year. We're going to stand up. And we're, if the speaker wants to be speaker, he has to do these things. And so I think we're, we're, we're seeing, uh, but it, it's always a fight. Leadership yeah. is always a fight. And uh, if anyone is disappointed in it, then I have an answer to that, brother. <laughs> One person in three in America runs for office at some time in their lifetime serves in public trust. You and anyone listening to our voices should do that at the city council or at the school board or anywhere else. Amen. That is that is the answer. We've got to step up in that way. And, and we are seeing great results at the local level and lots of good stuff happening out there. And you just mentioned it. I mean, even... Even the way those 20 stood at the beginning of the, of, of the session, I think, gave people a lot of hope that it's not business as usual anymore and, and that there there is an awakening. Rick, Rick we're, out of, we're out of time, but quickly, let me yeah. just say that, that the reason most of this is taking place is because of the collapse of the educational system in America that's been in free fall for 40 years. Mm. And we are now seeing for the first time uh, Americans are beginning to care who's on their school boards. State legislatures are coming and putting the money to giving the money back to the parents and not to the teachers union. We are on the cusp of a tremendous, tremendous breakthrough yes. that we worked for and prayed about for 30 to 40 years. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly right. So good. Congressman, God bless you, brother. Thanks so much for the time today. Rick, thank you, brother. All the best. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton.
you notice the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often, no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders, 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. We're back on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Special thanks to Congressman Bob McEwen for joining us. Uh, Tim, at the break, you were you were talking about this clip by John Bevere about the fear of God. And David, I remember, man, in fact, I got convicted, and I've honestly been praying about this ever since, asking God to instill more fear of God in me. Uh, what, five, six months ago, you and I were together in, um, I don't even remember where we were. No, we were in Florida. We were in Florida at the uh, COS Summit, and we were talking to the kids. You remember that? We were talking to the interns, and one of them asked you, how do you stay humble with all the stuff that's going on? How do you do this? How do you do that? And your answer was fear of the Lord. I fear, I have a healthy fear of God. And man, I just sat there going, wow, that is, nobody says that in our culture anymore. I don't say that, and I need more of that. And uh, and then, Tim, for you to say that on the break and, and, and mention this clip from John Bevere just it really is a response to what Bob was talking about and where the culture's gone without a fear of God. Uh, so real quick, if you guys don't mind, before we go to your comments on Bob's interview, let's listen to John Bevere uh, recently in one of his sermons. My assistant gets a call in 1994, Jim Baker. He was on CNN. He committed mail fraud, had the largest ministry in the world. And he was sentenced to 45 years. It was reduced to five years. In the fourth year of his sentence, he called his assistant. He read the first book that I wrote. And he said to his assistant, can you call this man and see if he'll come visit me? I said, sure, I'll go visit him. So I go in. I remember I'm in the penitentiary. Jim comes in. He's got his prison garb on. He looks at me, grabs my shoulder and said, young man, did you write this book? I said, yes, sir, I did. He sits down. He looks at me. You know what the first thing he says to me is? John, this prison wasn't God's judgment on my life. It was his mercy. He said, John, if I would have kept living the way I was living, I would have ended up in hell forever and ever. I am so grateful to God. 20 minutes into it, I look at Jim and I say, Jim, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? And he's so serious when he said it. He said, I didn't. And I said, Jim, you committed adultery. You were arrested and prosecuted in 1990. You telling me those seven years you didn't love Jesus? He said, I loved him all the way through it, John. And he sees confusion in my face. And he looks at me, he says, I didn't fear God. He said, I love Jesus. I didn't fear God. He said, there's millions of American Christians just like me. They love Jesus. They don't fear God. Okay, good stuff, Tim. Thanks for finding that, man. That's, uh, that's, that, 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 that's powerful, and it really is at the heart of why the culture is crumbling. It is, and I thought, you know, as, as we were listening to, to Congressman McCune explain, the basic philosophical difference of what we are seeing from people that have rejected God, right? Where he said it's all the starting point. Either there is a God or there isn't a God. And if there is a God, you live life differently. If there's not a God, then then you embrace all kinds of nonsense that nobody would embrace if they believed there was a God. And, you know, Rick, as you asked the question, even as we're looking right now, the political parties have become so polarized, even in regards to some of the, the basic biblical values issue. And, you know, I, I think as John Bevere pointed out with, 
his conversation with Jim Baker, right? Jim Baker said, man, I loved, I loved Jesus the whole time. I just didn't fear God. I, I, I genuinely do. I think there's probably a lot of people that identify as Democrats who really love Jesus. I just have to question how much maybe they fear God if they are voting Democrat and the Democrats are the ones who are pro-abortion, right? The, the, the Democrats, they, they think abortion should always be there. Well, how can you fear God and be okay with murdering unborn children that were a gift from God, made in the image of God? Or or how can can you love God and, and support that there are multiple genders, right? That, that male and female aren't a thing, or that maybe we can come in and surgically castrate children and, and do these sex change operations. That's people, again, maybe some of these people love Jesus. And they don't fear God. And, and I think that's part of what Bob was getting to with this worldview, philosophical perspective. We have to recognize that we that there is truth and there is a foundation. And because there is a God, then there are God's ways. And God's ways do work, but also the rejection of God's ways bring negative consequences. And, you know, dad, even as you were talking at the beginning of the program with the notion of common sense and asking the question, where's common sense gone? One of the things that we, we've heard Dennis Prager and other people talk about that I think really summarize it so well is because common sense is rooted in reality. Well, reality is, is expressed and explained in the Bible and so if you don't believe in the Bible, you don't understand reality, and therefore you won't have common sense. This is what we are battling. And this is why you see those crazy policies happening out in California. It's not sustainable. You, 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 they don't have a printing press, and the government does, and that's why we have inflation. But California doesn't have a printing press. They can't afford this, but they're doing illogical things because they're not rooted in reality. And it's because it's a rejection of those biblical principles and biblical values. Get educated on these things. It's uh, you know it'd be a great one for you to have conversations with people about, and then actually have some good strong data and some strong examples to back up the uh, the the fact that 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 the founders were breathing that atmosphere of Christianity that it did permeate the founding era and it, that it was the source of our strength and the source of our declaration and our constitution. You can learn more about all of those things at wallbuilders.com and wallbuilderslive.com, our two websites. And at either one of those websites, encourage you to, to click on that donate button and make that contribution that helps us continue this great work of teaching, inspiring, and equipping Americans to restore America's constitutional republic. We sure appreciate you listening today. You've been listening to Wall Builders. We stand undivided.